One, two, three. Hallelujah! Amen. Wow. <laughs> Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm telling you guys, I, I'm not going to call you radical anymore. I'm going to call you dangerous. <laughs> Y'all are dangerous up in here, man. Wow. Praise God. Let's go ahead and pray before we get into this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. All right. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Look to your neighbor say, get your Bible out. Amen. This is that time. So um, I will I will make this. Uh, let me. What can I say? Yeah. Somewhat of a guarantee because I know the word does not return void. So this is for you that are here. Those of you that listen. Now, if you listen and you start to apply what is being taught from this church, from this pulpit, I guarantee you your life will improve. Oh, man, I'm not. Listen. Oh, man, I've been teaching this for a long time, but I I can give a guarantee if you listen to what is taught at this church and you apply it, it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to do something with it. Amen. 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 I guarantee you, your life will change. God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Uh, Acts 10, 34. He's no respecter of persons, but this is open for anybody who will take heed to it. And so that's my uh, declaration. Now, um, if I was you, I would say, OK, I'm going to apply it then, um, because if, they, if it's supposed to work, then I want to see it work. And I still, after all these years, I've never had one person come back to me and say, I've been applying it and it don't work. <laughs> never one time. Amen. Amen. Because God's word does not return void. And, and this is. Man, it doesn't matter if you're a new Christian. You know, you could be a brand new Christian, jump into this and get put on the fast track and, and you'll get manifestation. And you say you look back at at, at the rele- uh, revelation and the things that have manifested in your life in, in a short amount of time. And somebody who's been saved for all these years and they they think you're like, well, what's wrong with you? Like you, you. You know, you're on some other planet or something. And they've been saved longer than you. It's just about application. That's all it is. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I believe in teaching in a way that's practical enough for you to take it and apply it. And I don't ever want anybody looking at me like, oh, Pastor Troy, he's just on this level. Well, you should be up there, too. I mean, well, you shouldn't be looking up at me like I'm on some planet. You should be walking with me. Come on, casting out devils with me. Amen. Man. All right, so uh, we're going to preach this word tonight. Obviously, it's Faith Academy, so we're always preaching on faith. But I'm going to preach this word entitled, Get Off the Faith Fence. Get Off the Faith Fence. And so uh, sometimes we find ourselves on the faith fence. And I'll explain to you what this is, as God has given me this revelation. So we believe, but we still have a little doubt. Now, don't condemn yourself. I'm talking about we, all of us. So we can find ourselves on the faith fence. So it's like, I believe God, but then you got a little bit of doubt. Oh, anybody up in here? Come on. And, and this does not mean you're this sinner and you're this bad person and all that type of stuff. No, you need to acknowledge it. Here's one of the keys to improvement and personal growth. Acknowledge where you are. Acknowledge where you're weak. Acknowledge where you're coming up short. Don't try to... Uh, Fake it. And, you know, some people fake so much they fake out themselves and and they they convince themselves that they're something that they're not. You need to be honest with God. You need to be honest with yourself. And so sometimes we find ourselves on the faith fence. So we believe, but we still have a little doubt. Now, we haven't given up all hope, but we haven't stepped into faith 100. Okay, I'm going to teach you guys some things tonight. We haven't given up all hope. But we haven't stepped into faith 100. Look at your name and say faith 100. faith 100. Okay. And so faith 100 is doubt-free faith that never considers any other outcome. 
And so I'm going to help you with this. When you're in faith 100, you don't consider anything other than what you believed. You don't consider any. There are no plan B's. There no, it's faith 100 never considers. Come on. See, if, if somebody prayed, Lord, I'm praying for my healing, but they still considered everything else. It's not faith 100. Somebody that's in faith 100, they pray for the healing and they don't even consider. I'm telling you, man, if you guys, oh, this is so powerful. If you would catch this stuff, man, your body will amaze you because your body will all of a sudden follow what you believe because you believe this so much that your body doesn't know what else to do. And so you had an ailment or something that was, and then all of a sudden you stepped into that faith 100 and the, the ailment don't know how to stay on you. It just leaves. Praise Come God. on, man. <sighs> we as Christians make this thing so deep. Oh, it's just so deep and so many conditions and so many, hmm. It just is what it is. And so faith 100 is doubt-free faith that never considers any other outcome. Only that which was believed for. And so there are no what ifs. So think about that. You say, I'm going to believe God to provide for me financially. But if he doesn't, I'm going to. Oh, no, that ain't faith 100. Amen. There are no what ifs. Amen. And so you got to, it's like, as long as you got a what if, then now you got something to fall back on. Amen. But when you're out there, faith 100, and sometimes we step out, we've stepped out in there in situations of life. And sometimes uh, it's a risk. Amen. Come on. It's a risk when you get out there and you say, uh, if God don't do it, it ain't going to. Amen. I mean, that's, that's what my son did now. You know, I'm helping him and he's growing in his faith just like everybody else. But we all have if we look back, we probably have had moments in our lives where we did step out there. Well, he did that when it came to uh, jumping in the transfer portal. So he was at Fresno and he wanted to, he said, man, oh, these coaches are, you know, acting up or whatever. So I'm, I need to, so we prayed about, okay, getting the transfer portal. But once you do that, it better be faith 100. Because if nobody picks you up, your your days of plan are over. Uh, how many know when you when you have a choice like that, it can't be nothing but faith one hundred. Because there's a risk. So basically, if God don't do it, it's over for me. Amen. Amen. And see, what I want to do is draw attention to this so that you can recognize it, and I want you to live there. I want you to live there. We can do it because Jesus did it. But where you live in that faith 100. And so at that moment for my son, he stepped in there. And once he did it, once you push that button and send or you make you do the notification or he had to go to the office and tell him or whatever. But once you do it, because I remember he was driving to the office. Dad, I'm about to go in there. I'm praying him all the way to the office, praying him all. the. Okay, I'm going in. Dad, I'm going in. Like, all right, man, let's go. This is it. And so he does it. And then ain't no turning back. Ain't no turning back. But then, you know what he did? Because he stepped into that faith 100, he was taking a shower and he said, well, God, if you want me to keep playing football, you're going to have to give me a scholarship tomorrow. Now, he wouldn't say that to God on some other stuff. Come on. (laughs) But for some reason... That faith 100 took over and he said something crazy like that. Now, some people say, oh, you can't talk to God like that. that, That's some Christian people, some religious folks that told you you can't talk to God like that. Uh, But we didn't see Gideon say, God, if this is you, then make the fleece wet. Okay, then if it's you, well, make it dry again. I mean, come on. We didn't see some things happen, but it's people that are too religious to go out there like that and challenge God. Well, he did. He challenged God. And guess what? The next morning he got a phone call with a scholarship offer. Amen. But if he did not get that, his football days are over. Well, see, sometimes God wants you to get out of the boat. Yeah. 
and start walking on water because too many people have been comfortable in the boat, even though the boat is rocky and you keep getting seasick. But all you're doing is getting uh, taking uh, whatever a drama mean or something and just shaking it off. And then but you wake up again and you're still rocking and then the, the waves go away and then you're cruising for a while and then they're rocking again. But what God wants you to do is say, man, I got to get up out of this boat, this safety zone. I got to start walking on water. I got to start walking by faith and not by sight so that I can be in a position to receive miracle signs and wonders. Amen. Amen. And so this is something that we do have access to it because of Jesus. We have access to it. So we're we're into this faith 100 where never you never consider another outcome. You never Consider what you prayed for. You don't consider it not happening. It not happening is not a reality to you. Amen. You don't even have a thought of it not happening. Amen. So go to Matthew now. Matthew chapter 17. We'll look at verses 14 through 21, 21 in the King James. And so. Uh, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on me, my son. Uh, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the uh, next verse, into the um, water. Next verse. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Y'all see that now? What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower. Why would the man take his son to Jesus's disciples? Well, because he thought that they walked in the same power. Oh, come on, y'all. He thought that they would be walking in the same power that y'all, you guys understand that people are supposed to find out. Oh, they were Jesus. And so I ain't got to go to Jesus. I can go to them because they with Jesus. And so they got the same power. And that's what was supposed to be on display. And they brought him unto the disciples and they could not cure him. Next verse. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? He's speaking about them disciples. It wasn't the man's faith. The man went to them, but it was their faith. And that's what he was speaking to when he said this, oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Next verse. And Jesus rebuked the devil and the and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Now, when was the child cured? Immediately. Right. The the child was cured immediately. Next verse. Then came the disciples to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast them out? Next verse. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily, I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to a yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible for you. What's going to be impossible for you? So nothing at all. And so we're looking at this. We're like, hmm. Jesus did it without question. But he told them the reason you can't do it is because of unbelief. So what is that? That's doubt. That's the faith fence. And that's all I'm following God in some areas, but, you know, but then other areas, they're, they're doubting and guessing and and meandering a little bit. That's that faith fence. And so he says, if you would have had faith the size of a mustard seed, well, the mustard seed is small. If I was to put one in my hand right now, you could barely see it. But the reason it's so potent is because it's doubt free. Come on. It's better for you to have a mustard side seed, a mustard seed size faith. But have it be 100 than to have a big old gallon. Come on, somebody of watery, lukewarm faith. Oh, you know, people going to church, hallelujah and all that. But, you know, your faith is watered down. You need to get some 
solid where it's like, man, you know what? It ain't that much, but it, but what I got is powerful. You know, I could do a lot with this right here, man. It, and see, if you could lock into that instead of just people just try to have this blanket faith and they just say, oh, I'm just going to have faith. You need to lock in and really believe God for real on something. At least pick one thing that you really, really beyond the doubt. Well, I, you know, um, well, we all have doubt. See, that's the problem. People are always trying to measure themselves according to the world or according to a faithless church. You ought not be using a faithless church or faithless people as your measuring stick anymore. You need to use Jesus. You need to look at Jesus and say, well, where do I line up with him and stop being in that place where you're not able to walk in the power that he walked in? Amen. He said, if you would have faith the size of a mustard seed, you know how many people pray today and doubt tomorrow? Amen. And then what do they do? They got a prayer list. Throw that prayer list away until you get some faith. God. Quit praying over that same stuff all the time, asking God to do something. You don't even believe him for it. Say, Lord, show me what I could at least believe you for. Give me something. You know what I mean? At least uh, in in the other uh, uh, scripture in Mark, he talks about this account. But the man said, I believe, help my unbelief. So you sometimes you got to ask God, well, man, help my unbelief. I want to get that out because there's a supernatural flow that God wants us to be in. But it's hard for people to get in there because People have trouble detaching themselves from the ways of this world and and the the logical explanations and all these type of things. And so Jesus says, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall basically speak to the mountain and cast it out and it'll be gone and nothing shall be impossible for you. Next verse. But then he said, how be it this kind goes out not but by prayer and fasting. This kind goes out not but by prayer and fasting. Now, let's break this down, these these scriptures here. So in verse 18, we see what Jesus did. So Jesus operated in faith 100. Do you all know that he never considered the demon not coming out? So what does that mean? He wasn't, oh, father, I hope. Oh, oh, father, please. Oh, please. You know how many Christians pray like that? God, God please, can you just, uh, huh. that is so weak and powerless. And listen, God is compassionate and he loves you, but it's not God that you need to worry about. You need to be made aware of what the devil is doing. And that's where people miss it. People are uneducated in terms of what the devil is doing. And so now the devil has even tricked the church into being satisfied with being forgiven. Well, if you were going to be satisfied with being forgiven, you need to go to heaven tonight because you're going to be attacked. You're going to have your family attacked. You need to be having some power and you can't be satisfied with, oh, you know what? I'm forgiven, man. So am I. But I need to get this devil up off my back. I'm just, you know, God knows me and he loves me. He sure does. But the devil is out to steal, kill and destroy. And he's going to take everything you give him. Hallelujah. And it's time for the church to say, no, no, no. You're not coming up in here on my watch because I'm, I'm not tripping off of forgiveness no more. See, if you just get caught up being satisfied with forgiveness, you're going to keep sinning. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. You're going to keep sinning. And then you're going to get in some argument with some people. Come on, God is so great. Okay, get out of here with that grace. And go on to take that devil with you. Amen. Yeah, that grace worked for me too. And I got forgiven. But guess what? I decided to step from the grace into power. And so now I got the power. And so the devil sees me. He said he got to run out three. He got, he's running seven different ways. See, that's a different, that's a different story. You get a lot of Christians that's all that... Oh, you know, oh, brother, don't judge me. I ain't judging you, but the devil is. You see what I'm saying? And everybody said, well, you know, God is, uh, you know, God is not looking to punish us. And what's that got to do with the devil? Praise God. Y- y'all in here with me? Amen. 
God is not looking to punish you. I know. That's why God didn't do that. That mess you in right now got nothing to do with God. Amen. It's all the devil. And what people need to learn is they need to learn. I'm not going to. I didn't go to heaven when I first got saved. So I'm still here. So I need to learn if I got an enemy then I need to know how to fight him. And, and we don't have that in our world today as a whole. We don't have Christians that know how to fight the devil. Come on now. So they're just getting bullied and, and just pumped every day, all day. And they're just talking about, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, the Lord is waiting on you. <laughs> Amen. 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 See, I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's why... Why do you think it's such a challenge? See, these challenges, uh, you, got, you need to get church, you know, get Wednesday night service, get all this stuff. The devil has deceived people to live powerless, and they don't realize they need power. And so they're satisfied with just, you know, checking the box, doing this stuff, da-da-da, da-da-da. They don't, man, if you survey, you could probably survey even in this church, and I, I, I'm going to change it, but I bet you I could survey a lot of people in this church that can't even cast out a devil. Amen. You didn't heard me preach a thousand times. Come on now. That ought not be. And I'm, I'm praying to God, we got to stop this. Amen. You coming up in here, they need to be able to do what I do. Praise if they listening to me, they need to be able to do what I do. If I can do it, they should be able to do it. But the problem is, even in a you know, aggressive church like this, you could still tune me out. Amen. Amen. And so it's like, you know, people get in the, they want to, you know, that's why a lot of people can't make it as a Navy SEAL. A lot of people can make it in the Navy, but they say, oh, you're in the Navy, but you ain't no SEAL. Because they, they don't have the discipline. They don't have the commitment level. They're like, what? Oh, man. I thought I was going, I thought the Navy was tough. You guys are crazy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's where we are. See, I'm, I'm never going to change. I don't, I don't see no other way. So I'm going to teach it like this and I'm going to place demands on people and, and I'm going to put pressure on you. Like, you to get your stuff together, man. Quit playing. Quit jiving around because it's going to be me uh, trying to help you on your sick bed. I'm tired of you being on your sick bed. You need to get up and walk by faith and walk in power so we can conquer. I need some help, man. We got a big old territory to take over. But it's going to take disciplined soldiers that are willing to say, I'm, I'm signed up. Not only am I signed up, but I'm ready. What if, what's the training? What's this say? I'm, I'm just throw me in there, coach. Praise Amen. God. Amen. You know, you can live above everything. You can live above everything and nothing will stop you. But you got to choose that. You got to make that choice. You got to be the one that chooses that. I'm not, I'm not playing with this devil. And see, Jesus... Never doubted who he was and what was coming out of his mouth. He never second guessed it. He knew exactly who he was. And we know in first John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in the world. And so if Jesus got that kind of power, then I can. And I can speak with authority and expect my words to prevail. And so he says, but this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, let me give you some clarity on prayer and fasting. The reason that he said this was because this was a spiritual attack. Now, some people, they, they think fasting is something that is just, okay, I should just do it and all that, you know. And I've learned over time because I've never been one that likes to fast because I never saw like, okay, what is this? But then God had to give me revelation that it's for spiritual power. It's not for, oh, we just do it because, you know, that's why I, I, we used to do the corporate fast. But I stopped it because I'm like, people just they just trying to see what they can skip eating. And, so, and people get caught up on their, 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, I was guilty of that. I said, we're going to fast, so we're going to do the Daniel fast. Man, you know, we up in there trying to find everything we can eat. Trying to find out, well, I'm going to just eat this vegetable, this vegetable, that. Y'all in here with me. It's not about that. It's about a personal thing. It's about, I need to elevate. And so God began to minister to me. And this is, I mean, man, I I fast every Sunday. Like, I don't even eat until I'm done preaching. Because I don't want nothing interfering with what goes forth. I don't want nothing in my way with what the, what I'm praying over people. But that's not something I just say I'm going to do so I can be holy. I'm going to just do it. I just do it because that's what God called me to. But that's because I need to be on a higher level spiritually. Amen. I need a higher level of spiritual power. Amen. And so God may speak to you about that. But it, but just remember, it's not going to be for you doing it just for the sake of doing it. It's going to be for you to rise up and go to a higher level spiritually. It's only for spiritual advancement. And so this is so important because uh, he says, um, you know, this kind comes out not but by uh, prayer and fasting. Well, the spirit realm is not a place for 50 percenters. This is what the church got to understand. The spiritual realm is not a place for 50 percenters. It's not a place for half hearted believers, man. And so prayer and fasting prepares you for engagement. And so that helps you to humble yourself to where you can. Okay, and I'm going to talk to you about this flesh. And and this is something that we all have to do. You know, that's why you got to run from that hyper grace doctrine. Run from that where you have no accountability and no standards and, and you're not holding yourself to any kind of standard. Get out of that stuff. Amen. Because once again, it's not just about forgiveness. Praise God. Man, you could repent a thousand times and God will forgive you all every all thousand of those times. Amen. But how much ground has the enemy gained on you? How much closer is he to your family? God said, oh, no, I forgive you. Oh, but the devil used to be on the other street. Now he's on your street. Oh, he used to be at your neighbor's house. Now he's in your house. Oh, but I'm forgiven. Yes, you are. But you're still being attacked. Because forgiveness does not repel the enemy. Forgiveness is not a weapon against the devil. Y'all, did y'all hear me? Forgiveness is not a weapon against the devil. It is for you. And that's what grace gives you access to be forgiven. But now authority. Come on, somebody. Authority is a weapon that could be used against the devil, not forgiveness. Forgiveness gets you in the door where now authority can be placed on you. And now when authority is placed on you. Now you have power. Come on. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Amen. That's the problem. That's why uh, we got all this crazy stuff happening in in our world because the church is stuck on forgiveness. Everybody's still trying to get saved. But ain't nobody walking in power. Ain't nobody stepping up. And then pastors like me, man, I'd just be offending too many people. I'm just like, man, and you know, this, this, this guy is just a little bit too edgy. I'm going to be more edgy. God. I'm going to be more and more edgy. I'm, I don't care if I got no friends. I don't need friends. I need soldiers. Amen. Because friends, they never help me. Soldiers help me. And if you understand that the enemy has targeted your family if you understand that he has your family under an infrared scope soon as you say yes to jesus he locked in on your family he locked in and he's been zooming in and he's waiting and he's searching he's surveying your house 
He's surveying your windows. He's surveying, okay, they, I'm sure they're going to have an opening here. And, and then there's them temptations, those fiery darts. And, and what people do that are not aware of spiritual warfare, they allow themselves to engage in the flesh. And they allow themselves to fall for these little traps. And so what do you do? Oh, you just got in an argument with your spouse. And the devil's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, listen. Okay, I'm a little closer. And now you're mad and you're fussing at your kids. Oh, yeah, I'm getting a little close. Now, here go to church. Oh, God, no, oh, he forgives you, ma'am. He forgives you. Yay. Then <laughs> you leave church, go back home, and the devil's still closer, Amen. closer, closer. See? Yes. Now, what you got to know how to do is cut him out of every era of your life. Amen. You got to know how to shut him down to where he has no access. You have no windows open. You have. See, that's why I've been so strict. People say I'm strict. My kids will say I'm strict. I'm just I, I, church members over the years. He's just so strict and regimented. He just. ah, And people don't even like coming to me for counseling because I'm always putting it back on them. I'm always. Well, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing in this situation? They don't like hearing that, but that's what it takes. Now, if we didn't have to deal with a devil, I'd be giving you a bunch of flowers. But because you have an enemy that is going to try his best, you have to understand he will not quit trying until you're gone. He will not quit trying until you are in heaven. So what does that mean? Ooh, I just lay down, have a good night's sleep. Well, guess what? You better you better stay in a position where you got angels on guard. That's why angels don't sleep. Amen. Because they know the devil is going to try at any time. So you got to keep yourself in a position where you have kingdom power always at your fingertips. Amen. And you have to be willing to use it. And so now we understand with this prayer and fasting. So sometimes you got to pray and fast because you got to put this flesh in subjection. You got to put this flesh down. You got to let this flesh know you're not going to run me. Amen. People are people are so emotionally driven in our world today. Christians are so emotionally driven. Christians go to church because of what their soul tells them. They listen to music that their soul tells them to listen to. They're just uh, emotionally driven and therefore weak. And so Jesus said, you know what? This kind ain't coming out but by prayer and fasting. Why? Because it was a demon. It wasn't just a little problem. It was a demon. You can't go in there and beat up a demon with your flesh. You say, man, I've been going to the gym. You know, I'm over here, man, I'm ready. I got me a, you know, I got me a Glock, a, a sawed off. I got this, got that. None of that stuff works against the devil Come on now. at all. So how do I engage? And so Jesus was trying to prepare them. And so I would challenge you in your life. If you're not spiritually strong, then pray and fast. Say, so, man, I'm spiritually weak. Well, how do you know you're spiritually weak? Well, you're getting manifestations of your flesh. If your flesh is rearing up, manifesting, acknowledge it. Say, so, man, I'm, in losing, I'm losing my temper. Okay, you need to pray and fast because Amen. you are weak in the spirit. If you're just doubting all day, you're just, come on, man. You, y'all, y'all in here, because you need spiritual power. Say, so, Lord, I'm, man, my flesh is, my flesh is starting to kind of, you know, push me the wrong way. My emotions is leading me in the wrong direction. Come on, you find yourself quick-tempered. Come on. You got the short fuse. Oh, nobody. Okay. Maybe you're at home. You got the short fuse and and you're edgy. You see what I'm saying? That ain't fruit of the spirit. I mean, you are showing weakness in the spirit. You're showing weakness. And so you need to deal with that. And now go to Matthew 26, Matthew 26, 41. And so Jesus he lets us be known to his disciples because this is right before he was going to be crucified. But man, they were going to endure. 
I mean, he tried to warn them. You guys remember how Peter, Peter was so gung-ho. I got you, Lord. I'm, I'm going to be with you, man. I'm going to be with you to the end. And Jesus told him, man, you're going to deny me before the rooster crows three times. But he was trying to prep them. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And so what we need to understand, Jesus is telling them, man, I know your spirit is willing, but your flesh. See, a lot of Christians, their spirit is willing. And and there's no question there. Come on, you have good intentions. Don't tell on yourself, but you had good intentions. But you didn't do what your good intentions were wanting you to do. Amen. You end up doing something else. And then now you didn't repent from it and all that. But, you know, it wasn't that your spirit just wanted to do the worst thing. You're not inwardly bad. You know what I mean? Amen. You're not just a terrible person on the inside at the core. <laughs> Amen? Amen. But your flesh. And so when it says the flesh is weak, that means it's uh, really weak in terms of resisting the temptation. Amen. And so um, in Romans 8, 14, go to Romans 8, 14. So Romans 8, 14, 14 through 16. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Next verse. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Next verse. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so what does this mean? The spirit, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. The Holy Spirit is cheering us on. The Holy Spirit is reminding our spirit. Who's, uh, what is your spirit? That's the real you. That's your heart, you know, at the core. Amen. And so somebody gives their life to Jesus. I'm not one to say that they didn't really give it to him. That's between them and God. But if they did, the real part of them is like they really did. But that doesn't mean they're going to live free of temptation. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be challenged. Uh, Listen, even if the devil knows he can't steal your life, he surely will try to make it miserable. And he will try to make you have the worst Christian experience you could possibly have on planet Earth. Amen. Amen. Don't be deceived and think. I'm a stronger Christian because I'm going through all this. That does not mean you're a stronger Christian. We don't need a badge of suffering. If anything, we need to let others know that victory is possible. And that you can win. You don't have to be overcome. Come on, because Jesus says that we are more than conquerors. And so if we're talking about more than conquerors, I mean, man, that is not defeated. Amen. And so um, so the Holy Spirit is pushing you forward. But the flesh is holding you back. Y'all see that? Amen. The Holy Spirit is pushing you forward. But the flesh is holding you back. And so think about this. If the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit and it's reminding me, because what happens when um, you're tempted, you're tempted to sin? It's an identity crisis, right? It's an I, oh, y'all in here with me. It's an identity issue. It's like the enemy is trying to get you to identify with someone that you're not. Huh? So let's say, You want to do something that is not of God. Well, that's not you. That's not like the real you. Come on, because the real you is connected with God. And the Holy Spirit is talking to the real you saying, come on, let's go to church. Let's do this. Let's do that. But then the flesh. So the enemy starts to work on that flesh. And that's trying to hold you back. That's trying to keep you. Amen? Amen. Come on. Has your spirit ever told you, don't go to church? Don't do it. Don't do it tonight, man. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, don't, don't, no, don't do that. Come on, has your spirit ever told you that? Some people don't even know how to hear their spirit. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just like, this is, you only came here because you need to level up. Amen. And God's going to use you. That's the only reason you come here. Because if, if you wasn't going to be used by God, you would be at another church. Praise and God. so some people don't know how to hear their spirit. So there's, there's I've, I've taught you guys, there's always three, three voices. There's God, there's the devil, and then there's you. Now, you want the you, which is your spirit, connecting with the Holy Spirit so that you will even hear that in yourself and it'll be pushing you to do the right things. But there's a battle and the enemy is trying to snatch. He can't snatch the real you, your spirit, but he can snatch your soul. That's your mind, your will and your emotions. And that's why whenever you get into your emotions, most of the time it gets you in trouble. You make emotional decisions most of the time. Even if those were good emotions, you felt, this is wonderful. Oh, man, let's let's buy this car right now. Let's do it. Now, those were good emotions. But they still got you in trouble. Because you didn't pay attention to the interest rate. Oh, come on. You didn't you didn't pay anything. You know, you didn't really remember what the payment was because you were so excited about the sparkle on the car. Amen. And then you get reminded when that payment comes and you're like, wow, really? <laughs> really? Amen. Amen. But so you want to be in that situation where. Your spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit and you can Hallelujah. hear. And so now you can hear. But now let me help you with this. You will. Oh, a lot of people don't believe this, but it, it's, it's funny how people can exercise discipline and other things. You know, people, there are people that can get on a diet and stick with it. Ain't nothing spiritual about that. He said, uh, you know, they got the, they got a trip coming up. They got something going on and messing around and they just committed. They said, that's it. And. But then when it comes to spiritual things, they have trouble being disciplined. But I. I didn't know. Well, you were disciplined on your diet. I mean, people become disciplined with going to work. I just, you know, I was so tired. I just have trouble waking up in the morning. Well, you get a job and and you want to keep it. Isn't that amazing? How you can set the alarm and actually get up because you want to keep your job. Ain't nothing spiritual about that. That's you telling yourself to do that. And so it works the same way. Now, it's, there's a spiritual power that God wants you to step into, but we got to get rid of all these excuses. And we got to say, you know what? I'm not going to let my flesh dominate me. Now, if your flesh is starting to rise up and dominate you, what should you do? I already told you. Hmm? Pray, pray and fast. Why? Because you need spiritual power. You don't need to fast because you need to tell somebody, oh, man, I'm doing the Daniel fast. Nobody cares. We don't care, man. We don't care about what you're doing. Amen. Amen. You should only be engaging like this because you need spiritual power. You need to rise up and step to another level. Now, how do I know I need this? Your flesh is going, it's going, the flesh is going to tell on itself, man. It always does. The flesh always tells. But sometimes people are blinded. The flesh is going to tell you. And so now you want to put that flesh in check. And so the Holy Spirit is pushing you forward, but the flesh is holding you back. Go to Galatians 5.17. Galatians 5.17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. And so what does this mean? There's this battle. So the Holy Spirit is pushing you. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But the flesh is pulling you back. The flesh and the flesh, uh, the devil uses the emotions to connect. And so now it's all these reasons for you not to be strong like God wants you to be. Now, so here's what has to happen. Your flesh must be brought into subjection. 
Amen? Your flesh must be brought into subjection. And so you got to dominate your flesh. That's basically what that means. You don't be praying to God for some, you know, miracle. He already did the miracle. The miracle was salvation. The miracle was giving you access to come in and be with him. But now you have to, you know, take on some things. It's just like, uh, you know, do you understand that you cannot go to a gym and go to the parking lot, get in the parking lot of the gym, speak in tongues in your car for an hour and go home and be in shape? You're going to come up out of there speaking in tongues and you're going to go back home and you're going to look exactly the same. So you're going to have to engage. You got to get out and go in there. Y'all in here with me. That's the same thing. This is spiritual. You can't be like, well, I, you know, I, um, I listen to worship music. What else you doing? You need spiritual power. Well, um, God will help us, but there is going to come a time in every adult Christian's life where that Christian adult has to make a decision. My flesh will not dominate me. Amen. Come on. Amen. My flesh will not dominate me. Uh, who makes that decision for you? It's only you. Nobody can make it for you. Amen. Amen. Nobody can make that decision for you. Now go to Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. So we thank God for this. And you hath he quickened who were dead in sins and, tr- and trespassing sins. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So stop right there. And so this is talking about the sin nature, the sin nature of man. And so we got saved, but that gives us, access to a new way of living and we get to receive forgiveness of our sins but the sin nature is not something that just goes away on its own let me just help you because if that were the case why would you ever be tempted to do something you were once delivered from do you understand that the devil's not going to tempt you with alcohol if you never even liked the smell you know there's some people that they can't even stand the smell like so that makes me sick. You think that's what he's going to use to tempt you? But there was something that you did do. Come on. There was something that you were caught up in. And guess what the devil's going to tempt you with? Well, how is it even a temptation if I'm saved? See, you ever think about that? Amen. See, nobody up in here can tell me, Pastor, I'm saved now, so I ain't never been tempted ever again. Shoot, ever since I got saved, man, I ain't never been, you know, never had no, I ain't had to worry about it. I've just been so calm. You know what I mean? If I, like me, if you had a temper or something, you say, oh, no, I'm sure. Ever since I've been saved, man, I've been, I've been good. Amen? Come on, y'all. How I many of y'all have been, have been here saved and about ready to knock somebody out? I get, is that just me? I'm just telling myself, just saved. I'm about to sleep. This brother's going down right now in public. <laughs> huh? Come on. Listen, I don't mind telling on myself because I don't want anybody to think that this is the power of me. This is surely God. I can remember being on a football field with my son. My son's, uh, they... <laughs> Man, they was young back then, 12 or whatever. But man, this coach I had and he got to talking and he got to talking wrong about my son. And I don't I don't do the whole daddy protection thing, but I'm like, hey, man, you know, you're going a little too far. 
And I'm just now, mind you, I'm on the football field in front of everybody. Oh, I'm I'm not only saved, I'm a pastor. (laughs) So so don't don't nobody tell me you ain't got to put your flesh in check because I'm a pastor. And this thing came and what used to come on me, I feel that thing. It start coming up, it start coming up. Then that thing get around my throat, my throat, my throat start hurting. And I start getting hot and saved, pastor, all that. Here it goes. Come on. I say, hey, man, you know, I try to be calm. Hey, man, you need to stop, you know, go ahead. You need to stop that, man. He's going to have to, you know. And and God, you know, he helped me. But I'm, I'm telling you the power of 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 yielding to the Holy Spirit and putting the see that was not a battle against me and that coach. That was a battle against me and the devil. Amen. The devil will use people to try to get you out of your position so that you miss what you got up the road. And so the devil was going to try to use him. It had nothing to do with him. He's not even smart enough to know what he's doing. It was the devil. It was all the devil. And so the devil wanted me to sleep him in front of everybody. And that would have ruined my future. Amen. Amen. But now, if you just listen, remember. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. So to be the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, no, 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 that's not you anymore. And then your spirit will be talking about, yeah, I know. I try to tell them that ain't what we do anymore. But then your flesh will be like, did you see his face? And then your soul will be like, man, you already know it's only going to take like a uh, a two-piece combo, a two-piece combo, and he's done, done for the night. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't think like that. I said, brother, I'll give you a two-piece combo, man. <laughs> give you some biscuits with that thing. <laughs> but listen, if we were just saved and we didn't have to worry about none of this, and when when just we just floating around as these Christians, we would not have to put our flesh in check. We would not have to make our flesh bow. Amen. If I got saved and guess what? All them sin, nature, temptation, that stuff is still there. But you have just been given power to resist it. You used to yield to it. But now you've been given power to resist it. Y'all, y'all in here with me. And, and that's what this is talking about. So the sin nature is not something that just goes away on its own. It must be brought into submission. You got to You got to Man, you got to do this and you have to do this. It must be dominated. So God was showing me, oh, no, you're going to have to dominate. Say, why didn't I just pray, Lord? Why don't you just take this anger away from me? Amen. I didn't pray that. The Holy Spirit kept telling me that ain't you. That's not you. And the devil always wants you to identify with someone that you're not. See, that used to be me. Amen. That used to be me, but that was no longer me. And the Holy Spirit was reminding me that that ain't us no more. We don't even roll like that. And so because of his grace and because of his love, he'll always, with every temptation, he will give you a way of escape. Amen. Amen. So even in that incident on that field, I was at, I thought, you know, I was, I was praying. Honestly, let me just tell the truth. I wasn't even praying, Lord, don't let me knock him out. Honestly, I did not think that. I was like, man. I'll give you a two-piece. And I'll just, you know what I mean? I was in my mind, I'm like, man, I'll give you a two-piece and bring you a bag of ice. (laughs) But God, because 
he loves me. And because I was committed to his program and I was willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and I was not going to make excuses and I wasn't just caught up on forgiveness. I was empowered to put my flesh in submission. Then eventually I got to agreeing with the Holy Spirit. You're right. That's not me. It's not me. Now, he always provides a way of escape. So my way of escape was. This man said, get off my field. And I was back far enough, you know, from him. So it wasn't like because I used to have them reflexes, man. You get to doing all that stuff. And <laughs> so I got to stay way back. So I don't have no reflexes. But he didn't. He just tried to kick me off the field or whatever. But I just went back. I was already back. But I just was like, I ain't going nowhere. But I. And God, you know, the Holy Spirit was like, go ahead and walk over here. So I just started listening. I started walking. And then the Holy Spirit started working on me. Amen. And then, I, you know, I ended up like sitting down on the ground. I mean, it was, you know, but I came out of there. Praise God. Came out of there just fine. Then you want to know what else? Oh, come on. You got it. I later went and apologized to the man. Wow. Really? I went and apologized to the man. Because God let me know my witness was at stake. That my representation of him was at stake. See, it it doesn't matter what he did. It's what I did. Because I was the one that knew better and not him. Amen? But what if I didn't put the flesh in check? What if I... See what I'm saying? And so you will be tempted. You will be challenged, but you have power to overcome and you must bring that flesh into submission. And this is where this whole hyper grace doctrine becomes very dangerous because everybody's just caught up on forgiveness. Some people have they have already premeditated in their mind that they're going to ask for forgiveness. That's the wrong place to be. And so it's not just about being forgiven of your sins. It's about elevation, rising to a spiritual authority where you can dominate and you can start to win against demonic principalities and powers. Ephesians 2, 6. We're going to close in a minute, but Ephesians 2, 6, we know that we get joint seating. And so this is what this says. So that whole message in Ephesians 1 through 6 is all about God's grace and he saves you and he forgives you and all that. But he wants to lift you up. And so now you can sit on a higher seat. And so I'm not sitting down there low anymore. I'm sitting on a higher seat. I have joint seating with Jesus Christ. And now from that seat, that's a position of authority. Well, I can dominate. I can start to speak and I can start to learn about my spiritual power. And so go to um, and, and on that seat, this is no place for the flesh. Go to Galatians 5:16 real quick. So now I'm going to take my promotion. Look at your name and say, take your promotion. OK, so just rise up. Let God take you. And then when you get there, then now you'll be able to do this. So he says this, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See that I'll be able to walk in the spirit as long as I take my promotion. Amen. As long as I take my promotion. And so uh, when we walk in the spirit, we can experience faith 100. And that's the same doubt free faith that Jesus walked in. See, when we walk in the spirit, we could do the same thing. When Jesus rolled up and he said, man, bring him here. And he cast that demon out real quick. And you know, he didn't even think about it again. It's moved on. We can walk in that same level of power. And so, um, when, uh, let's see. So when you're in that faith 100, so faith 100 is you never consider what you want it to happen. You never consider it not happening. It's just I'm walking on that level of power. And when you do that, then now you'll speak with authority and your words will come to pass. Amen. Amen. And so and that's where Mark eleven twenty three says that if you believe and don't doubt, if you believe and don't doubt, if you believe that what you say will come to pass, it's going to come to pass because now you're in that place where doubt is no longer in you. And uh, as we close, just I want you to remember this faith. One hundred doesn't speak from flesh or soul. See? So, 
If you listen to yourself, I've told you guys to do a word audit. If your words are coming out from your flesh or your soul, I'm tired of this. This is da-da-da. Flesh and soul. Faith 100 doesn't speak from flesh or soul. It speaks from the spirit. And when it speaks from the spirit, it gets spiritual results. Amen? And so you'll, that's how you can decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. That's how you can speak something and it'll manifest. Amen? And so as we close, you're not going to run around here in this life unchallenged, untempted. <laughs> if that's happening to you, you might need to get saved. Because anybody that's saved for real, you're going to be tempted and challenged. And I'll tell you one thing, you're going to be tempted and challenged every day. But you will defeat the devil every day. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today, for meeting us here tonight, uh, giving us this word. We receive it and we're excited about it. And we're going to go forth and live this victorious life that you've given us access to. We thank you that the devil is defeated and we win as long as we follow you. Maybe you're watching us right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord. Well, this is that time. Just open your heart. Even if you don't know what to do, we'll lead you in a prayer, but it's going to be God doing the rest. And he's going to come in and bring his transforming power into your life. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, ah, hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen.